Hey, and welcome to the short stuff. I'm Josh, and there's Chuck. We're just a couple of foxes, silver foxes, <laughs> with our pal Jerry, mm-hmm. the silverest fox of all. My hair's got a little gray to it now. Yeah, your beard's super gray. Now it's been gray for a while, but now I'm uh, now that the gray is creeping into the old upstairs. Mm-hmm. I've been plucking mine. <laughs> no. Sure. What? You don't care, do you? Um, mine sometimes comes in a little wiry, and I'm like, I don't really like that look on my super straight hair. So I, I do pull them out when they come in like that, sure. Head pubes? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> a little bit. I uh, more look like a, a roadie for Tesla. <laughs> oh, you mean Jimmy Headpube uh, Barrington? Yeah. The guitar <laughs> tech? That's right. He was a great one, but his hair was messed up. I'll hit him with some smoke. <laughs> That's right. Man, that guy. Old inside joke from our Detroit show. Some of you know it, some of you don't. But we're here to talk about the Arctic fox, one of the cuter little critters on planet Earth. Right. So the the Arctic fox is adorable, um, and it's uh, in the same family as dogs, which makes it automatically lovable. Mm -hmm. But the fact that they can survive in some of the most inhospitable environments on the planet makes them admirable. So they're Ad, ad, adorable. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I got it. Nice okay. portmanteau. Thank you. Yeah. So the Arctic fox, just go ahead if you're in a place where you're not driving and look up a little picture of these little fellas. Or you're not crossing the street right now on That's right. foot. That's right. But they are, I keep saying little because they are small. Uh, like foxes are small. The Arctic fox is even smaller. They can be as small as a a little chihuahua. And by the way, big thanks to our old pals at How Stuff Works for this one. Yeah. Uh, or they can get huge, like the size of a Jack Russell. <laughs> <laughs> right. They're they little. can get up to eight pounds. <laughs> That's right. So um, when I said, though, that they can survive in some really inhospitable environments, like the, the areas where they live, the circumpolar areas, Alaska, Canada, Greenland, Iceland, Northern Europe, Russia, um, Basically, in the in the Arctic, um, they like they have to put up with temperatures that drop at like negative fifty degrees Celsius. Yeah, that's which is cold. Negative fifty eight degrees Fahrenheit, which reminded me, Chuck, of I can't remember what episode it was, but remember Simo Haya, the White Death. Yeah, and we talked about how he he was um, he was you know basically sniping uh, Russian soldiers when it was like negative forty degrees. Fahrenheit, and mm-hmm. 50 people wrote in and said negative 40 is the same in Fahrenheit and Celsius. Mm-hmm. I will never forget that. And I just wanted to say it again, <laughs> that I still remember after all these years. So I love that. I remember that. The yeah. white death. Uh, so what's astounding about the Arctic fox is that it can survive in those kind of temperatures, and it can do so for a lot of reasons. There are a lot of really pretty spectacular evolutionary adaptations that allow this to happen. And one of those is just that little size, the fact that they're small, they're compact, they have little legs, little short muzzles, and they have little small ears. Mm -hmm. So they don't have a lot of surface area to begin with exposed to that cold, right? Right. So that's that's one big thing. They also have the the warmest coat of any Arctic animal. It has multiple layers. And probably any animal, wouldn't you think? I would guess so, yeah, now that you mention it. they like they can trap a layer of air which is heated by their body heat which in turn keeps them warm so it like protects them from the outside colder air it's pretty amazing and then um the coup de gras 
the death blow about their pelt is the <laughs> fluffy tail on the end that they actually use to cover their head and face with when they curl up to sleep. Adorable. That is awfully adorable. It's true. Uh, they also have hair. They're the only canid that has hair over their foot pads. So not only does that just add even more insulation, but it helps them walk on the snow. Mm-hmm. And then they have countercurrent blood circulation. Uh, And this is what's going to happen. They're going to reduce the blood flow to their feet to make sure those little paws don't get frostbitten. And then when it gets really, really cold, their actual metabolism um, shifts by about 25% slower than it is during the summer to, you know, to basically uh, warm them up, to keep them from having to eat as much when there's not as much food. Mm -hmm. So their body undergoes a metabolic change to survive those winters. Yeah, kind of like a walking quasi-hibernation so that they use up less fat stores that they build up in the fall. Totally. Pretty cool. And one thing I didn't realize about the Arctic fox, in addition to just about everything we've just said, um, that they come in two colors. There's a blue variety of an Arctic fox, which is awesome. Did you see those? I think it's like that white that's so white it looks blue. Well, it's sort of a gray, too. Um, It certainly doesn't look blue-blue, so... If you get excited to go see a blue animal uh-huh. or a blue mammal, don't get your hopes up too much. Right. But it's, you know, I, I have a problem. I'm not colorblind or anything, but Emily always sees colors more uh, in more deeply, I guess, than I do. So she might see one and call it blue, but I, I didn't think so. I mean, I see one in the Google image results, and it's pretty blue. I see the Is gray it? you're talking about as well. But it's, you know, people do all sorts of kooky things with uh you know, post-production with photographs now. So who knows what they did with that? Uh, Send me that blue fox, will you? Sure. In a box. Sure, I'm going to go get them. And you could could go get them. Some people do keep them as pets from time to time, but those are people who live up in Arctic areas. You wouldn't want to get one and bring them down to Georgia because they would be extremely uncomfortable and that would be cruel. But also, Chuck, they apparently make really terrible pets as well, right? Yeah, I think they're known as super, super stinky. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they have a urine that's it's sort of like skunk-like. Uh, so they're smelly. They're very, very hard to train, although they say you can train them. Right. Uh, but they, it's just it's probably not a great idea for, your, for a pet. I mean, if you're living up in the Arctic, you don't have a lot of choices. Go ahead and get an Arctic fox and see what you can do. But don't, don't live in Miami Beach and think you're going to be cool and yeah. have some exotic pet because it's illegal, A, and just unethical, B. Right. There you go. It covers both boxes. Should we take a break? I think we should. And we'll come back with more about the Arctic Fox. So what do these little boogers eat? Um, so apparently, so since they're canids, they should be carnivores, um, even hyper carnivores I've seen. But they're they're technically omnivores because food supplies can get so scarce that Arctic foxes have been known to eat basically whatever will sustain them, including seaweed and berries. But typically, they prefer meat. Sure. Uh, they will load up, in- increasing their weight by up to 50% as that hard, hard winter sets in, mm-hmm. store up that body fat. And if you see a a polar bear in the Arctic hunting, you will probably find at least one or more Arctic foxes trailing 
uh, not too far behind because they will follow those polar bears around and get whatever little scraps that polar bear can't get to. That's right. One of the great things about Arctic foxes is they can hunt year-round because of their little ears. Their ears are super wide. They're short, but they're wide. And they can actually hear stuff like some of their prey moving under the snow. And so uh, if you've ever seen a video of an Arctic fox pounce, it's adorable. Oh, but they will go it's up so great. and then straight down <laughs> to like kind of break through the snow and uh-huh. land on top of their prey and catch their prey. And um, I will one-up you. I, the Arctic fox pouncing is adorable. Yeah. Momo does that to lizards. And oh, really? <laughs> it makes an Arctic fox look like garbage. It's so cute, man. You see the videos in the snow. This Arctic fox will literally leap up in the air, and then half of it will disappear beneath the snow. Mm-hmm. And all you will see sticking up is a, a butt and rear legs and that mm-hmm. big old fluffy tail. Yeah. And then they'll, you know, there might be a, a mouse, you know, two feet down into that snow yeah. that they smelled from many, many feet away. Uh, so I highly recommend. I, I doubt if Josh is going to post pictures or videos of Momo doing this on YouTube, but you can find plenty of Arctic foxes doing it. I'll try to find a, I'll try to get a video of it, okay. actually. Do, but, do um, it slow-mo if you can. Yeah. <laughs> it's not adorable for the mice, but it is to everybody else. Yeah, but, you know, it's part of the food chain. It is. It's true. So, um, if you are a male Arctic fox, they call you a dog. Sure. Sometimes with the A-W instead of an O, depending on how good of friends <laughs> you are with the person calling you that. Uh, if you're sure. a female, what are you called, Chuck? You're a vixen. That's awesome. Which I love. And just like uh, other foxes, I think other foxes are kits, little babies, if I'm mm. not mistaken. Yeah. And, you know, they they mate about once a year. They have about 20. Uh, they're born dark usually at first, uh, about 20 little dark kits. And they are adorable. They give birth in the, the blazing summer months of uh, like April, uh, sort of spring to summer, April through June. <sighs> mm-hmm. And usually wean about 45 days, and uh, sometimes their siblings will help raise them, which is also pretty cute. Yeah, and then by the time they hit 9 to 10 months of age, actually within 6 months, they're off on their own. And then in 9 to 10 months, they're sexually mature. Um, And they have a really compressed initial, you know, adolescence and and, um, initial maturation period because Mm -hmm. they, they don't live that long, actually. I think in... Like, if you have an Arctic fox as a pet, they've been known to live 10 to 12 years, kind yeah. of similar to a, a dog, although small dogs often live longer than that by several years. But I guess the longest anyone's ever documented an Arctic fox living is 16 years. Yeah, and in the grand scheme of things, I think in the wild, you're probably looking at more like eight years. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot harder life in the wild, I would guess, than hanging out in some some dude's lean-to in northern Canada, you know? <laughs> every so Since we're talking about the Arctic, every time I, th- I think about the Arctic now, I think about the show The Terror. Have you seen that show? The Terror? I it don't an, think so. It was an AMC show. It's available on Hulu. There were two seasons. It's an anthology series, so each season is its own entirely different story. Second season, I recommend like the first half of the first season from start to finish, the first second to the last second. It is worth every bit of your your um, interest. Oh wait a minute! I know this is the one you recommended to the grabster on email, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, it's so good, man. Just check right. it out. It's such it's one of the best made 
television shows I've ever seen. I can't imagine how much it costs to make it. And you can tell. And Great all of the actors are like, just the, like every one of them is like the best actor working today. Um, but you, you know, and you've seen them, you recognize them here or there, but you don't really know their names, like that kind of stuff. It's just a really great, great show. Uh, well, The Atlantic says the terror is more than a chilling monster show. Yeah. Well, the reason they call it the terror is one of the, one of the ships, the terror of the, the faded lost polar, um, uh, expedition. That's, that's what it's about is that. And it just kind of, it's all, um, speculative fiction basically. Uh, and since we're on TV Corner here for the last minute, uh-huh. uh, I, we just finished uh, the first season of Leftovers last night. Oh, yeah. Uh, season one wrapped up, and so we're speeding right into season two. Mm-hmm. Loving the show. It started to drag a little bit, but then the last two episodes of season one got really interesting. Uh, and I wanted to also further explain, uh, I think I might have turned some people off with Station Eleven saying it was a, a post-pandemic, <laughs> flu-pandemic world. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is. It is one of the best shows I've ever seen. And it's not, uh, it's not terrifying. It's like there are no infected or no zombies or anything out there waiting to kill you. Like all the infected died. So it's, it's really just about repopulating and the story of these people who survived. And uh, it's very uplifting. Good, good stuff. I see. So it's soft core. Yeah. (laughs) It's soft core. (laughs) It's a Cinemax show. (laughs) That's it. Oh boy. How did we get here? God bless the Arctic Fox is what we're saying. Thanks, Arctic Foxes. We love you guys. Uh, And, of course, everybody, that means that short stuff is out. Stuff You Should Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.